People spend a lifetime searching for their purpose. Come walk in my shoes as I find mine. You're now listening to the JK Experience. Going, okay, I'm gonna take full responsibility for the happiness in my life. Good for you, you feel you're talented in that. Pursue that, who gives a crap what everybody else says, right? When you are disciplined about how you take action on the things that you desire to accomplish, does it make you better? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back to another live episode of the JK Experience. You might be watching this live, you might be hearing this not live, but hey, we are live, dude. I, how stressed are you right now? Because I just kind of threw this on your plate today. I mean, you are like mad chaos. Life is going on, a million things that are going on in your life. And I'm like, hey, by the way, what do you think about doing a podcast today? And then we're going to do it live. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a choice now. We are so committed and, and we're in this live thing and, and I love it. It's, it was something that you, you kind of mentioned this morning. You said, hey, what do you think about doing it live? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that might be something we consider. No, you meant today. So yes. here we are. Yes, here you go, buddy. And you, uh, I mean, I, and out of all the days that I had to throw this on your plate, you're like, dude, seriously, today, I have so many things going on that I'm juggling right now. Yeah, you know what? The greatest battle, strongest soldiers, right? Right, I get, yeah. And I, <laughs> hey, what a great, I mean, seriously, what a great metaphor of what's really going on in our world today, For right? Sure. I mean, like, people are getting things thrown at them on a daily basis, and they're having to juggle all of it. And really, a lot of it is just the emotions and the uncertainty certainty and all the things and the challenges that they're faced with. Right. And I mean, I think what a great metaphor, like you, I just threw this on your plate today and you're like, how do I juggle this? Yeah. We just made it happen. But you know, I, I, here's what's going on. I want to set the stage for, for people who may not be familiar with what we've got going on here in our real estate office. We have been challenged with some things because of what's going on in our world, the COVID-19, the, the coronavirus. We're, we're being told from state and federal government, hey, social distancing, no big groups, no big meeting places are closing restaurants or closing bars or closing barbershops, all that. We have been forced. Now, real estate business is still going on. It's still right. happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have been forced as, as leaders in this business, we've been forced to adapt to that and try to adjust so that we can still meet the needs of the agents in our office so that they can meet the needs of the buyers and sellers they're working with. Right. So because of that, today, we had a a particular challenge where we do Tuesday morning meetings. We do Tuesday morning uh, real estate sales meetings. Problem is, we normally have between 40 and 50 people in the room at the time. Right. We're no longer allowed to do that. Uh So we had a cool thing, and and I want to share this. I don't want to take the whole time here, but I want to share this because we set up, uh, Tommy with True North Media and his crew, they set up cameras so that we were able to live stream our office meetings to not only our Buffalo office, but the people who were in Casper who weren't able to come into the office. At the end of that meeting, you were able to deliver an amazing message that kind of gave a little bit of hope and inspiration Mm -hmm. in these tough times that we're dealing with. Because really, somebody has to be a ray of sunshine somewhere. Right. I feel like you were it today. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I don't know if I had the whole entire message together and it was definitely, you know, here's the thing. I don't think it's a challenge. I mean, once again, we had all this technology before. We just were looking for an opportunity to use it, right? Sure. And and I and I don't want to, once again, I always want to preface this as, as an opportunity. It's not because of, um, uh, uh, it's not because of the lack of somebody from somebody else, right? L- listen, we have to look at this as, 
we were positioned for events like this. We were positioned for opportunities to really be able to transition to these next things, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I always look at it that. I mean, it's not a problem. It's not a, it, we're not we're not trying to find a solution to something. We were already there. Like we, we could have done this months ago. We could have done this years ago to a certain point, right? And so I, I look at it as, hey, listen, we're just implementing a different thing. We're just, tr- we're, we're just trying out a new way to communicate with you, right? Because here's the thing is I, I and you know, as I, you know, as me, I, I'm always internalizing things and I'm always trying to like get clarity in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a really great uh, opportunity today to, something just hit me really hard today. You know, right now with all of the things that are going on with social distancing, um, with all of the challenges that we're being faced. And, you know, we're in a small community, so we're not nearly as extreme as a lot of the coastal places, right? Where they are like, you cannot leave your house. Mm-hmm. You can go out to get essentials. Uh, and I, cause I was, I was talking to a gal that was out in, in Massachusetts. I'm like, so what does that look like? I mean, can you even go out to like exercise? Can you go walk the neighborhood? And they're like, well, yeah, you can walk the neighborhood as long as you don't get close to somebody. Wow. Right. And, you know, listen, I, I think that right now people are doing whatever they need to do to make sure that they stay safe and stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that people understand the severity of what potentially could happen, right? The unknown and the uncertainty. Um, but I also feel like a lot of people are starting to see that, listen, I took for granted the opportunities I had to get, be face-to-face with people. I, I took for granted the opportunities that we have, the things that were really, truly important. And you know this really well with our with one of our companies, which is uh, real estate, is that everything was going to be online. Everything yeah. was going to be video. Everything was, and video is so important. Thank God we can do it. We have the technology to use that. But everything was going to these platforms where let's just, we don't have to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. We don't need a handshake. We don't need to see somebody face to face and see them in the eyes so that they can generally see our concern or see how much we really care about them, right? And I think that people are getting exposed to that, to go, you know what? When that's taken away, not by choice, but by by circumstances, man, that's really, really important. And, and I don't want to talk too much more about that, but I just want to say, I think that that's the next thing that we're going to see. I think that like once this thing is done, because this too shall pass, I think that you're going to see an overwhelming amount of people that say, that was what I missed mo- the most. That's what I want back in my life more than anything else in my, you know, in my world. And I, I do feel like we'll do another episode on that, but that's just kind of hit me today. So there's my spiel on that. Um, let's talk about the real subject though. Might right? as well. Um, I, uh, you know, I said this, uh, about a week ago about as, as, um, uh, uh, this was coming up, the, uh, coming out, this epidemic was coming out a little bit more and more. I felt like, you know, listen, uh, leaders are going to start stepping up and then there's going to be leaders that really start to retreat. You're going to have a lot more leaders that are silent as well too, because they just don't know how to lead in this environment. And they've called themselves a leader when everything was great. But when it really came down to like what, when it really matters, they're just, they're going to, it's going to fall on deaf ears because they're not willing to step into this. Right. And it's interesting, you know, as I was doing some research about like, um, what has made our country great over generations, every generation has had a defining moment and the opportunities that have come from that have been unbelievable. So as I was, as I was researching this, I mean, you simply just have to go back to like world war one, and then you look at world war two, and then you look at the, at Vietnam, the Vietnam war, and then you look at nine 11 and, you know, once again, those are defining moments for our country 
And, you know, as I was, as I was kind of researching more and more like, okay, so what was, what was defining about world war one and what was the things that kind of came out of it? Because, you know, obviously as, as hard as war is, there's a reason why we typically go into war, right? And, um, you know, war is not pretty war is not something that we advocate for. However, you know, I am a personal belief that war can be justified. I, I believe that we as a nation, we as a country, there are times in need that we have to, we must go to war because what we stand for and what we stand on. Mm-hmm. And I know that you I know that you believe strongly in that as well, too. So I'm, I'm, I want to get your perspective on that. But every generation has had to make sacrifices for us to have the country and be in the country that we live in today. Yeah. I mean, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's break it down and and go, you can look at, just like you said, any generation, and there was something that was uh, fairly tragic or, or fairly substantial that, that altered the way that they looked at the, at the world from that point forward. And, you know, we can go completely back through time and and see that, but you're a hundred percent right. When, you know, just because we're going through something doesn't mean that we're the only ones to ever experience that. Right. Right. So we have to look back. And and I think you did a great job of that today, going back through the time going, hey, I know we feel like we got it rough right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're quote unquote quarantined. But man, we've, we have seen nothing. How about when, I mean, what what about rewinding back to when, when polio was a real concern? Yeah. Now that's real quarantining. Yeah. So we can look back to that and hopefully learn from it and grow from that as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So um, it was last week I was, and I don't, we don't watch episodes of, you know, we just, Kate and I don't watch TV other than sports and now we have none of that. So <laughs> uh, the, the kids are watching um, un, like the masked singer, you know, and I'm sick and tired of the masked singer. I will tell you that right now. That is the most annoying show in the world to me personally. So if you've never seen it, don't watch it. It's just, you'll find it very annoying, but the kids love it. And, and finally last night after like 25 episodes, I finally had to be like, I'm done. No moss. If anybody wants to go in the bedroom, we'll get on the computer and I don't care what we watch on YouTube. We're not watching this anymore. But so one of the evenings, um, I started watching this, uh, this, this, uh, Netflix, I think it was Netflix, um, or Amazon series, um, the hunters. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, it has Al Pacino in it. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. So very yes. addictive right away. Right. I mean, I, I spent one night binging on it, right. I've never done that. I haven't done that for, I can't tell you how many, how many years I ended up watching like four episodes and each one of them is like an hour long. Right. So yeah. I, spent, I spent the evening late in the evening after the kids went to bed and Kate went to bed watching this. And, but it was really, it was interesting because, you know, it was about the Holocaust mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, I'm not watching it anymore. It just wasn't a show that I want to watch anymore. But, uh, it was, it was, you know, so relevant because I'm like, man, if, you know, like we, we, we are challenged right now because of social distancing, because we have to maybe stay at home. We're, we're, we're challenged by the uncertainty of the future of like how many people are going to get it, how many people are going to be affected by this virus. Right. Um, we don't have any toilet paper, you know, people go in and steal all the chicken, you know, frozen vegetables are being stolen, you know, like taken out of supermarkets out of mass rage, you know, like the hoarding that's going on. Dude, when I watched that show, it just, it literally broke my heart to be like, that's what a generation of people went through. Mm-hmm. Like the Holocaust. Yeah. Like that's real stuff right there. What we're going through is an inconvenience. What we're going through in the sense of like for the ma- the majority of us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because there are people that are being affected by it and there are people that have lost their lives right? and families that have lost, I, like, like, I'm so sorry. I mean, like that is, that's a painful thing. So I'm not, 
I'm not going there. I'm just talking about the majority of us as a society, we're being inconvenienced in a way that most generations would laugh at us. Yes. Right? Well, look, here's the thing. Look at this. Back, going back to World War II, when, when this was all going on, there were, I mean, there were, they were rationing out commodities. They were, you know, they were doing rubber drives. They were doing steel drives just so that they could have rubber and steel to make more airplanes and more tanks and more uh, firearms. They were, you know, you had to have stamps to go get certain food items at the store. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate to, to have known a World War II vet, a, a guy named Wayne Gay, who lived uh, the majority of his life right here in Casper, Wyoming. The only time he was out of here is, is when he was deployed. And hearing his stories, I mean, Wayne had some great World War II stories, but everybody had to tighten their belt. And I'm telling you, it wasn't about being out of toilet paper. It wasn't about the fact that I can go into the, can't go into the grocery store and and pick up a, a package of hamburger. They had huge, huge problems, comparatively speaking. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think what I mean, I know that I'm kind of like painting a, ba- a bad picture of what's kind of going on, and compared to other generations of like how we're reacting to things. But my point is, is that every generation has had a defining moment. You know, once again, World War One that defined a generation. Right. World War Two, it defined a generation, mm-hmm. right? The greatest generation is what that was deemed. Right. Yep. And I was as I was looking through some quotes, I think this is just really interesting. You know, like one was uh, in spite of everything um, that has been done, I still believe that people are really good at heart. And that was a quote by Anne Frank. Like, are you kidding me? Like this, this young girl was able to have a quote like that with everything that she went through. Dude, I mean, like that to me shows more leadership than I think a lot of the leadership that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so much, so much of that, so, so many really great uh, stories, so many really great points come from people being in incredible, incredible dire times. And I think if, if kind of getting ahead of you on your message here, if we can take something positive away from this, then we can consider this a win. Yeah, and exactly right. And, it, and that's exactly where we're going to go, right? I mean, uh, I just want to do one more quote. And I just, because this was just awesome. This was um, a quote that was done in, from something I was discovering on World War I was, when, we, when you go home, you tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow, we gave our today. And I, I mean, I, I was reading that last night, man, and it just like, it hit me hard because you know, I was in that moment of like, I, I understood what that sacrifice looked like. Like we gave our today for your tomorrow, right? And how many of us could say that today? Like how many of us could say that like, we're willing to go without for others tomorrow, right? And I would say that people are getting there. Like the humanity that we have as a human race is starting to be unveiled more and more. And so I did some research. I'm like, okay, so I know that there's got to be some good that has come out of the, the coronavirus. I know that there's got to be something good, right? And I was able to find a list of things that was just awesome, man. It was so like, it was so inspirational to see that humanity is still within all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Out of all of the things that divide us. And if you would have looked at the news six months ago or a year ago, right? We were at, especially as a nation, we were more divided than we ever have been, right? Because of racism and sexism and bigotry and all of these other, you know, all of these other names that we wanted to throw in there. Like we were doing everything we could to divide us as a country. And as bad as this has been, um, for all of us and is, is going to continue to be for a while. Right. And the, you know, the, and the uncertainty is yet to come. So we don't know necessarily how bad the fallout's going to be in the sense of the financial crisis and the burden it's going to put on families and businesses. 
and organizations. Um, the thing that I am seeing is that the humanity is coming back into people. Sure. And it is so awesome to see. So I know, for instance, like, um, uh, I know that over in uh, France and Italy right now is that supermarkets are opening one hour before they typically do specifically for senior citizens to allow them to go in there and get the supplies that they need, right? Mm-hmm. And we are starting to do that in the States, which is really, really awesome. Or they'll they'll take and designate a couple aisles for them, for senior citizens specifically, so they're, they're not bombarded by the chaos and the craziness and the jackasses that are going in there and hoarding stuff, right? I mean, they like we're taking care of our elderly, which is awesome, right? How, why should we not have been doing that before, right? Like, yeah. why did it take an epidemic for us to identify that, hey, they've always had a need, and we eventually, if we are able to live long enough, will be one eventually. Why don't we fix the solution now as opposed to, hey, we got an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, let's wait for some catastrophe for us to recognize that we really should start taking care of our elderly, right? So, yeah, you know, that's that's a great point. And here's what I'm seeing. So uh, people who people who know me personally know that that I'm a prepper, right? I, I've been a prepper since I was a, a young boy. That was something instilled in me by some of my uh, my mentors in life. Also, Mandy and I raise chickens. We've talked about that mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. I have had more people reach out to Mandy and I about raising chickens now and growing their own gardens. I've had people reach out to me about that who had never shown any interest in it. Now people are going, hey, maybe it's not the worst thing to have a few chickens walking around the yard <laughs> in case things get really tough and yeah. I we need to feed the family. Yeah. Um, having, I was having, just thinking, don't name them. Just don't yeah, name don't them. Na- you don't want to. Do <laughs> so, ha- you know, having more groceries in the in the in the. Uh, cupboards in the freezer mm-hmm. than what you can use in a week. How about having a, a month or maybe two months or, you know, who knows, six months mm-hmm. of worth of groceries. So if you do, if there is a disruption in the supply chain, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you can, you can sustain you and your family. So a lot of that. Also, uh, one of my favorite things, I'm a huge second amendment guy. And I know from talking to my friends in the business, uh, firearm sales are up. Yeah. You know, it's it's unfortunate that it, that it took something like this to make people realize, hey, you know what? I would like to be able to, to protect my family yeah. from whatever happens. If that's what it takes for somebody to go out and be a responsible gun owner, I say kudos. Yeah. Right? It's a it's a silver lining. Yeah. I mean, do you want to dive into that? Because hey, you and hey, I had a conversation about yeah. this. Hey, listen, I wasn't, you know, that's I that's know. that's your business. But and you, if you opened up to, the, <laughs> you opened up the door, dude. Yes. Josh wants to raise chickens in his backyard. Yes, right. No, because Gracie would name them and then we would never be able to do anything other than keep them. And then we'd just be feeding them for years and years to come and they would not do any, they wouldn't even produce eggs or anything. They yeah. just would be chickens That's in the backyard, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, as, as, uh, as something that I've been contemplating for years, uh, for a couple of years now is that, you know, I've never been comfortable around guns. Um, you know, I didn't really grow up shooting guns and mm-hmm. rifles and my dad for a little bit had... You know, when we first moved to Wyoming, that was the thing. Let's go and let's let's get an antelope, let's get a deer, and and so we went out a couple of times. And and I mean, honestly, I was I was comfortable with it. At, you know, at a younger age, in a mm-hmm. sense, because I just didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I also I didn't like the taste of you know antelope. I didn't. I was not. A, I'm not a venison guy at all. Right. Sure. And so I just have never. I've never owned a gun. Um, I've shot a few times here and there. And you know, when I went through Warrior Week. Uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, um, I got exposed to 
really, I think the inefficiency that I have around guns, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the intimidation that I have around, especially pistols. Right. And I made a kind of a pact to myself, like I've got to, like, I have to know what the heck I'm doing. It's not the fact that I want to own a gun because I'm going to go and I want to use it by any means. I, I need to own a gun so that I can truly respect it and have an understanding how to be around it just in case I ever, for God's sake, ever needed to use it. Right. You bet. And so, um, it was, I mean, it's been something on my mind for two years and as, as you know, obviously all of these events were unfolding and the craziness and the chaos and all that stuff. And it's just kind of like, you know what? You know, maybe now is the time, maybe now is the excuse in a sense to say, you know, you need to be prepared to just be able to use one. You need to know what the heck you're doing. And, and I think about this too, because I do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want Kate to be able to use one because when I'm gone, who is protecting her, right? And, you know, when I'm here at the end of the day, I'm sorry, the theory that my baseball bat is going to protect our family is a far cry of the reality of what would potentially would happen, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, so I called you up, you, you and I had a, actually you and I had a conversation on Friday and I was like, dude, I, I just want to let you know, I'm not overreacting on that. This is something that we've thought about for a couple of years now. And I just want some advice and what would you recommend? And then how would you, I mean, can you help train me? Could you make sure that I feel comfortable about it so that Kate can feel comfortable about it? And what are the steps that you would take? So you and I had a great conversation and then we met over the weekend and we went through that process and, and, and I really appreciate that because it wasn't, once again, it wasn't a irrational decision mm-hmm. and it wasn't a decision on fear, by the way, you know, this was not, this was not fear mongering at all. That was on our end at all. It was more of like, I want to be proactive and I want to be responsible. And this is the time for me to do that. Um, because I don't want, I don't want the emotions of the matter right now. I don't want them to dilute and me just kind of put it on the back burner and then wind up one day going, I'm an idiot. I should have acted. I should have taken some action and I should have been prepared. Well, I feel like you really went about it right too. You did. You made a rational decision. You've clearly discussed it with Kate and said, hey, what are the implications of of having a firearm in the home? You guys had that good long talk. You and I talked and I said, hey, if you have kiddos in the home, you better have that firearm secured. Yes. And we we better talk about that at length. And we did. So now you've made provisions for that. I'm happy. I'm very comfortable with, with that. Also, I love the fact that the two of your kiddos kind of were involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I got to spend some time, you know, kind of talking to them about that. And, you know, you hit them with the question and, and it was kind of neat seeing their responses because they had just never been exposed to that yeah. at all in any way. But guys, I, I want you to understand something. And, and it's it's my prepper philosophy that, you know, I, I have lived on this earth 45 years. I have never, ever been in a gunfight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have, however on average, eating about three meals a day. If something is going to kill me, it's going to be starvation, right? <laughs> I'm much more likely to die of starvation than I am in a gunfight. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm telling you, as, as, as valuable as I think our Second Amendment is, hey, you've got to be able to provide for your family, right? Yeah. Those, little, those little mouths are going to continue eating no matter what's going on in the world. Yeah. So I, I want to point that out, but I, I'm glad that this came out. And also, Josh isn't the only one who reached out to me. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. My own mother reached out to me and yeah. said, you know, honey, I think I need a gun. And I'm no mother, you don't need a gun. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Which is good to hear the other side of it because not, it's not, it's not appropriate for everybody in every situation. Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, my mom, like, like she, she'll run over a, a jackrabbit on the highway and she loses her mind. Okay. So she's, she doesn't have the, the killer instinct. Mm-hmm. So she and I had that discussion. I said, mother, we, there's gotta be a different way. Hey, how about, how about pepper spray? How about bear spray? How about wasp spray? 
Uh, there's other things there because I just fear that my mother, my own dear sweet mother with a heart this big, mm-hmm. doesn't have the fortitude to actually do what it takes in that situation. Yeah. So I fear that in, in her case, the, the firearm may be used against her rather than for her. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want that to be said as well. Yeah. And so I, I think really the big picture that I hope that you take away from this is that, is there something that you've been avoiding doing, right? Is there something that in your life you're just like, man, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And you just, you know, the, 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 um, the numbing of the world gets in the way and you're like, ah, I'll just take care of it next week or I'll just do it next month. Right. You know, these are great times right now to be starting to evaluate the things that are truly important and the things that, how do you need, how do you got to get your house in order? And just in general, right? This is a great excuse, I think, to really find out, like, what are the things that are truly important in your life, right? And I think we're starting to see more and more of that, right? Um, I really want to kind of, as we as we're kind of ending this, I just want to I want to throw this out there because, as I was telling you, I think this is this is a defining moment in our generation right here. I think that we are going to look back on 2020 and we're going to be able to see some amazing things come out of this moment, right? As hard as it's going to be to go through, as hard as and painful as some of the things that we're going to experience, I think that we're also going to look back and go, okay, we were like, if you look back at 9-11, right? Tragedy, horrible time in America, but what did it do, man? It aligned us like we've never been before, you know, since previous wars, right? It put us on a, like it put us on a course that we are one nation again, right? And it stripped away all the BS that we happen to, ten- we have a tendency to put in our lives. And we really got back to the humanity of our human race, right? And I start seeing this right now. Um, as I was looking at like, well, what are the things that came about? Like all of these really challenging times in our history, like World War One, II, Vietnam War, 9-11, you know, it was amazing some of the technology that came out of it. And I've kind of got a list that I want people to hear because without these wars, without these really tragic, horrible events that we had to participate in um, for humanity, to be honest with you, I think, um, th- then we wouldn't have had this technology, at least not anytime soon, right? It was pretty amazing. So ambulances were created because of the necessity of that, what war did. Um, aviator glasses, which are kind of cool, right? I mean, I just kind of threw that one in there for fun. Super glue, the Jeep, duct tape, penicillin, air traffic control. Think about that. Like, like we never had air traffic control before. I'm too young to think about like when <laughs> we didn't have air believe. traffic control, but like there was a point, in, there was a time where we never had air traffic control sure. and the chaos that that would have run. Blood banks, transfusions. Um, plastic surgery until we had war, we never actually had plastic surgery. Right. I thought that was just like, I'm just thinking about like, oh my gosh, these are the things that were discovered and had to be implemented because of, uh, the EpiPen, um, digital cameras, microwaves, GPS, uh, weather radar. Holy cow. How many times are you asked Siri? I ask Siri every morning. Hey, what's the weather going to be out today? Right. Or you look on your forecast and see, okay, yep. Nope. Gone, we're not going to Buffalo today because sure. the weather's yeah. going to be bad. Right. Uh, the assembly line, stainless steel. And I know Al Gore hates this one, but the internet, the internet <laughs> was not created by Al Gore. It was actually like, it, no, but the internet was actually created at a time because of the communication that they needed to have for war. Right. And so, I mean, it's just like, okay. And then of course, computers really started to get uh, to be taken off in war and war times. So you think about that, right? Um, I also think about this, everything that we've done in America, and this is not political by any means. I think this is, this is really like, how do we come together again? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about all of the things. um, So I don't need any comments about like import export stuff. So don't do that. This is not about this. This is about like how we be as a nation come together. Right. Think of all the things that we've imported 
uh, as we've grown as a nation, right? And, you know, listen, that's awesome. You know, we support the world. We're a part of the world. That's great. Um, back in World War One, one of the main reasons why we won that war is because we had all of these manufacturing places, right? That's me. We had all these manufacturing places, right? And what did they do? They stopped manufacturing cars. They stopped manufacturing mm-hmm. all of these other things. And they changed to manufacturing Jeeps and ammo and ships and airplanes and all of our war essentials so that we had the supplies that we needed to win the war, right? We've found out now more than ever that we can't import a lot of the necessity things that we have, mm-hmm. right? We don't have toilet paper. I mean, give me a break, right? But no, like we, let's talk about some essential stuff. Like we don't have the masks. We don't have, uh, we don't have the things that we need for the medical industries, right? That the, one of the things they're freaking out about is that we don't have enough ventilators, right? Mm-hmm. And we've already started to see Ford and other big manufacturing companies start to change over, stop production of vehicles and start producing these types of things, right? And I think that we're going to see more of that coming, um, more and more of that coming uh, in America where we go, you know what? We have to be more self-dependent. We have to be more self-reliant. And we have to be prepared to say, listen, we can stand alone if and when we have another tragedy. And that's one that's again, I think this could be an awesome opportunity for us to define our generation in a very positive way. You know, uh, as you were talking about that, I, Rudyard Kipling has a, has a poem called If. And it, the, the poem starts out, if you can keep your head when all others around you are losing theirs, uh-huh. right? And what a, what a great point, because that's what it's all about. If you can maintain what you've got, not let somebody else get inside of your head during these times of crisis, then, then you'll persevere, you'll prevail. So, yeah, I and, agree, and with that, with that in mind, it, I'll, I'll kind of close the loop here. I kind of left it wide open, but you know, here was, here were people who were in industry. They were keeping their heads, yeah. right? We were at war. They kept their heads. They changed their course just a little bit. And now look at the great things that have come of it. Yeah, exactly, buddy. All right, man. So I know that was a long, uh, a long episode right there. There was just a lot that had been kind of on our, on our minds here. The last, a lot of thoughts that we were, you know, obviously are like every day things are changing and we're getting more and more information in. But I just want, I want to really help people understand that you should have courage in these times, that you should step into that leadership because people are looking for you to lead in their lives, looking for you to lead in your businesses, looking for you to lead in your families right now. And I tell you what, I, once again, I just keep going back to this word, it's going to define us. It's going to define us. And I believe that the true leaders are going to step into this role, man. And it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity for those that call themselves and believe that they're leaders. And we're going to be able to look back on this and say, yep, that was a, that was a defining moment in that person's life, man. And uh, I don't know about you, brother, but it's been faith over fear. And I know that's a theme that we kind of have around the companies. And uh, I just ask you as people that are, you know, that you're listening to this, as you're, as you're, um, sharing this with other people is that to continue to have faith over fear. Got True it? talk. All right. All right. As always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll keep doing these live events, man. Put us on the spot. Can't edit it. Can't do nothing. That's it. Yeah. I can't wait for the Joshisms to fly with us. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Just making up words as we go. Talk to you soon. Wait before you go. We want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. 
If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.